welcome to Fiction to Function. I'm Sean Melton. I'm Seth Melton. And I'm Ivan Zambrano. We're, uh, this is going to be an interesting episode. Um, I was thinking today about how I wish, in retrospect, maybe I would have had this episode uh, come out on April 1st, because we were talking about this idea of doing an April Fool's episode, and that got away from us a little bit, um, and done, you know, swapped the episodes around. Uh, because this episode in particular, it's I'm going to let you know right at the start, this is not going to be it's not conventional, <laughs> and it's and it's in uh, in and, and, and I'll tell you this as well. We 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 titled the well. First of all, you don't need to have seen anything to in, appreciate this episode. This is so, yeah. yeah. This isn't one that you need to have watched the movie or whatever. And you probably guessed that already from the title because I'm pretty sure the title that we're going to go for for this one I. I'm, we're torn between it because I'm, I'm torn between, for the sake of maybe curiosity, um, talking about just naming it. Common Rider J. Common Rider J. Um, or for the sake of mass appeal because there's probably, I don't know, I, I imagine that, that it's, it's a larger demographic would understand the reference that, that we were going to use, which is going to be Power Rangers. Yeah. Um, both things that Ivan loves. I adore it. I, okay, and we're going to get into that in a little bit. Um, this one is a little bit more about concept. And uh, idea of, you know, we talked about this idea of, uh, you said, I don't want to say, it's not, I guess, fun movie? Or what would you say? How would um, you say it, Ivan? Fun movies versus good movies. Like, you know Robocop, it's a fun movie. Is it good? I'm sure there's several different scenes that would say it's not a good movie. Is La La Land a good movie? 9 out of 10. 10 out of 10. If I want to really think out of it, I'm not going to hate that movie, though. I was... You- you don't enjoy the movie. I was miserable during La La Land. Yeah. Because you just you you you're you're a you're a person, and we've talked about this a lot, f- for whom ideas and concepts go a long way. Yeah. Which that's great, and I I think that uh, I think it's going to be a fun episode. I'm excited about it, and again, it's going to be unconventional. You don't have to have seen anything. But please do. But but well yeah, we'll talk about stuff that Ivan's gonna plug. I don't know that I would <laughs> plug it for you, but we'll uh, get to that. This one's got a lot more about concepts and ideas. And in terms of talking about concepts and ideas, Ivan Zambrano, how long have we known each other? Um, if we're going off how many Transformer comics I've bought you, it's more than four years. More than four years. It's yeah, that's right. Because it was forty issues, and that stopped like three years ago. And then two years before that, you bought me forty-eight issues of the Transformers comic. Technically ninety-six. You're such a good friend. Because it was it was uh, it's Robots in the Skies and More Than Meets the Eyes were both the series of the Transformer comics. And one, I think, Robots in the Skies followed Rodimus on his travels to find the creators of the Autobots. The other, he's uh, Robots in the Skies follows Bumblebee trying to work with Starscream to create a functioning democracy on Cybertron. I'm going to put a pin in that because I want to talk a little bit more about the Transformers, um, and we'll get there. But uh, in the before we get too too you know onto kind of the subjects that we're going to be going into, mm-hmm. um, I want to ask you. So let's see. Really, when we think about, and that's a good joke, and I appreciate that. Um, at least four years, but <laughs> yeah. and, and a nice way to tie that in, uh, that talking point in. But it probably would be, I think. Um, well, let's do this. How do we meet you? I think through Robert, right? Yes. Because Robert, I would go and sleep over at his house because we would take bus three to his house. Robert is our cousin. Yes. And your you cousin. met yeah, me and Seth's cousin, and you you met us through him mm. because you went to high school with him. I went to G Scar School of the Arts, which was built on top or built inside of a water treatment facility. 
Okay. And so <laughs> it's a butterfly reser- uh, preserve now. So we met at G-Star, ninth grade. I think he, when I gave his best man speech, he shouted, we met during Mr. Olson's class. Sure. So I would go. No to one knows what that means, but yeah, that sounds That's right. Fine. Well, yeah, it's <laughs> ideas and concepts, right? So they can imagine. So <laughs> we would take bus twenty to bus three to the VA hospital to get to his house, and I would sleep over at his house because, uh, as good a parent as my mother was, she trusted me to just wander about. Yeah, you so roamed the streets. I roamed the streets, um, and I would sleep at his house. And hang out at his house, play video games, play with his toys and stuff. And one day, I guess, since you lived right next door to him in that, you know, your old house. Yeah. He brought me over there one time, and I hung out there. And then, you know, after he moved away, it would just be texted like, hey, can I come over tonight? And I would just ride my bike or I'd walk from, uh, gosh, for any context, probably 30 minutes from US-1 to Military Trail. To your house to come hang out. You're another sleepover. You're another friend that kind of like Jose. We addressed this on with Jose when we did a, an episode with Jose. Uh, we kind of inherited Jose from Cody, our cousin Cody, but we kind of inherited you from our cousin Robert. Yeah. And uh, and what a beautiful treasure we've gained. Yeah. Um, so it's worked out in your favor. I'll say this, and I want I want to pref uh, I want to pre- you know preface this for for anybody listening. Ivan is you will never meet another person like Ivan Zambrano. You are such an, a unique individual, and I hope that that comes across in this in this episode because uh, Ivan is a, he, you're you're a good friend. Um, you're also a wild man in like the in the most toned down sense of it. I guess yeah. You really are. Like even when you talk about roaming roaming in the wild, I remember that. It's like I remember this Ivan that used to. He had like the, like a Pokemon, something or other keychain. Like I don't know. Pokeball. Yeah, oh, Poke the yeah. Poke Walker. Yeah, he had a Poke Walker keychain or something. The context for the Poke Walkers came with the special editions of Heart Gold Soul Silver. You can bring a Pokemon over from Heart Gold or Soul Silver right. into the Poke Soul- Walker and walk with them, gaining them experience only right. level up one at a time. Right, and it was wild so, because yeah, you used yeah. to you, you you're 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 just you 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 have such interesting tastes and you like what you like and right. I think that that's one of the things that's so interesting. And even when you talk about so for example, in yeah, my curse. For, for for reference for anybody who's listening because you said that you were you would hang out with Robert and you talked about like toys but it's specifically action figures you're a big action figures guy no I am I wasn't when I would hang out with Robert I wouldn't uh, do that because my mother and my father were very much against me becoming this man child which I've now become so, <laughs> fight the power yeah, yeah done by spending way too much money on little green men yeah because you and I say that because you have you have this like well uh this incredibly articulate for anyone yeah common writer <laughs> common writer in in the united states common writer is known as mast writer it's just it's known as like that in japan too but yeah. right wasn't that because i remember mast writer as a kid yeah it was common writer black rx and it got translated here to the states because Sa- uh, saban 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 yeah that sounds better uh brought over power rangers using the 15th season of I think Zyuujin Sentai Kyuuu Ranger was the other way around. Kyuuu Sentai Zoo Ranger. No, it is. It's Kyuuu Sentai Zoo Ranger because the theme song goes Zoo Ranger Zoo Ranger, and the dinosaurs are playing in the theme song background. He brought over Kyuuu Sentai Zoo Ranger over to the states, rebranded as Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, which had teenagers with attitude. Later, with all the other successes, he tried to do a whole bunch of things, which was the terrible, terrible Mass Rider, which was based off of also not good. By comparison, I guess, Mass Rider Black 
RX, which is the second season sequel to Mass Rider Black, which is extremely well done. Did you guys get all that? <laughs> all Kamen Rider is bad except for its stunts. See, now, okay, here's the thing. And and it's funny because you, you, you keep bringing us into the things that we're kind of going to talk about when I'm trying to talk about you. But I think that that actually works because... So much of I think what makes Ivan Ivan is these things that you love. Yeah. Because you again you're one of the most you're one of you are one of the most interesting, genuinely interesting people that I know. One of the most, uh, I would say, different. <laughs> Very unique. Very unique. That's yeah. what I'm looking for. You're one of the most unique people that I know, and it's because I guess you have this part of it. It has to do with your affinity for these strange fringe largely japanese superheroes and i don't want to i don't want to get you started on that yeah. the japanese superheroes okay. um, no 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 let's not wait, no, no, do you want some facts about me like bullet points no here's what we're gonna do i got I, we kind of do want some bullet points about you but i want to frame it in this context i, I want it in the context of because oh wait uh we can we can yeah. say why we really got along right oh, which yeah. why would you say that largely is comic books right comic Superhero. books, yeah, comic books Super, yeah. which i think plays into this the 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 second part of that context for our friend Ivan, yeah. which is how did you, the relationship you had with fiction. And I want to say, um, because I know that we talk a lot about movies on here, but this is, the idea for this podcast will not just be film. Yeah. It will also be, um, we, I, I hope to do more with literature and with comic books. And I mean, any form of fiction that, that people, whether it's television shows or whatever it might be, that really is, uh, we've talked about this before, but this started as, as a film podcast, and as we discussed it, and as it kind of evolved, we realized more and more that we don't want to just be limited by that. We really want to talk about the importance of fiction in our lives. And so, as that pertains to you, mm-hmm. that primary mode happened through comic books. Yeah, mostly. Which, is, yeah, yeah. which again, is where we really made a connect in our friendship. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that growing up, what that was like? Where did this start? Uh, uh, my dad collected comic books. Okay. He really loved... His favorites were Silver Surfer mm-hmm. and the X-Men. And Silver Surfer is one of my favorites. So if we can... It's hard to label all the... My favorite superheroes, but I got put out. There's like Hank Pym is my favorite. Yeah, you love Hank Pym. I love Hank Pym, but he's got like a sordid history. So I got to take just the shit for that one. Right. But it's just... <laughs> it's just hard because Hank Pym is my favorite. But my father's favorites were X-Men... And Silver Surfer. And he bounced around from here to there. He had comics everywhere. But he also got stuck into that 90s craze of buying issues because they were, he thought they were going to be big money. Right, because comics kind of jumped up then, right? Because people, was that when, 90s. explain that a little bit. Uh, along with baseball cards, which we're good, it's a, kind of important to know here too. Comic books hit this huge inflation because people realized comic books were huge money. Action Comics, number one. Detective Comics, number 27. Tales of Suspense number 48? Probably not. And uh, other issues. And even Incredible, like Incredible Hulk number one, which is important because Incredible Hulk had three issues and then went to Tales to Astonish with Ant-Man. Right. Because he wasn't popular enough in his own book. Mm-hmm. So with that, people realized, oh, these books are money. And so they would uh, just buy uh, 10, 20 copies of issue ones of like shady comics. Like... X-Men 1, remember the five different variant covers mm-hmm. where they all connect to Cyclops blasting, Beast jumping over a rock, and you got Iceman riding a wave, you got Magneto posing magnificently. People bought like 10 copies of those issues, you can get them now for a dollar. Yeah. Because, was that because they, they're in it? It's in an, yeah. It was because, wow, baseball cards from 
the sixties are worth a whole ton, these comics are going to surely be worth a whole no, ton. No, well, baseball is that the idea? They happen at the same time though, because the same thing. Baseball cards are, sports cards are dead now, right? Because of that, comics barely survived that then uh, flooding of the market. Baseball cards pumped out cards and cards and cards, and people bought all these cards and stored them away. But because people had so many cards and so many, you know, in such good condition, they were worthless. Versus the reason, gosh, a Babe Ruth baseball card is so expensive because they put in spokes of their bicycles and then destroy them. And that's why there's only like three left in nice condition. Okay. That's what makes them so expensive. When you buy 10 issues of Brigade Number 1 by Rob Liffield, put them in your closet and bring them out and then find out a thousand people did the exact same thing, that comic's worthless. So, so the idea is, is, is that... Correct me if I'm wrong. People in the '90s really liked this idea of buying sports cards and bought because they they had this because they were this was all predicated on the idea that oh well, comic books from 30 years ago were so much. But what they didn't understand is because people Cut, tore them, showed and destroyed them. They destroyed them. There and this is something even you'll see if you go to any it's comic a rare, it's store. It's a thing of rarity. Yes. Yes. Yeah, like you said, they flooded the market. Yeah. They flooded the market, so it's important to know that people treated them like newspapers. If you mm-hmm. read read uh, when the bullpen in Mar- old Marvel comics, like Avengers number 25, which is when the Avengers face off. the new Actually, the new set of Avengers is like Captain America, Hawkeye, Quicksilver, Scarlet Witch face off against like Doctor Doom. And you read the letters page of that, and you're like, oh, man, I love reading this while I'm at work on the construction site, or kids will read it. In fact, I have a copy of Daredevil 27 that says, I'll give you your Spider-Man back after school, and, like, cursive. Right. And so, like, kids destroy these comics. They roll them up, put them in their back pocket, trade them around. That's what made them so valuable is because there wasn't a lot of them, and then kids destroyed the very few that they had. Like, oh, gosh, who was a good, um, who wrote the Superman Going Home story? Or a Superman Grounded story. Yeah. Straczynski. Straczynski's fa- father found out he wasn't doing so well in school, tore up all his old comics. Mm-hmm. Destroyed them. So comics get lost, baseball cards got lost, destroyed, and it's the rarity that brought up their price. Mm-hmm. Right, and it's funny because it, I was actually going to mention that even uh, the last time I was in a comic book store, and you'll see this a lot if you're in a, a, a worthwhile comic book shop, mm-hmm. right? Because there's tons that are just like, it's funny, you'll go into comic book shops, and in my experience, there's kind of these two types. There's the type that just has like the things that it has, and there's this there, there's these ones that are they, they kind of you can tell that they know what they're doing more. Yeah. They've got certain figures out on sale. They've got you know they'll, a lot of times they'll sell these used figures because they know that some people like to just collect them just because they want to have them. They don't yeah. need to keep them in a box. Yeah. And so there's this, these people who seem to, in my opinion, it seems like there's people who care about what they're doing, and then there's people who own a comic book shop. Yeah. This is how what it seemed to me. And if you go into these like worthwhile comic book shops, if you go into these comic book shops where people know what they're doing, you'll see some of these really famous issues. Like, um, I just saw one. I was in when we were in Chicago. Mm. It was the first uh, edition of. It was the first appearance. Sorry, of Deadpool, which was X Force probably ninety seven. Yeah. So okay, there you go. And so it was. In now, granted, that comic is a little bit. Newer, right? Like what age 90s. is that? That's in the 90s. 90s yeah, that's what I thought. Cable took over probably at the tail end of... No, it's New Mutants. It's New Mutants 97. That's right. Okay. It's New Mutants 97 because uh, Cable took over in... That's when he first appeared too. It was like uh, New Mutants like number 93, 94. Don't quote me on that. He showed up and he took over the... Took it over and led the team of New Mutants, which consisted of I think Cannonball, 
and uh, Wolfsbane. Domino. Domino is in the same issue. Domino, I believe. Yeah, I think yeah, it's Domino's the first in. appearance of her as well. Well, and, and this is that's what's so interesting. So and yeah, and that makes sense. It was the '90s because like Deadpool's kind of like the epitome of what those 90s comics became mm-hmm. like these guys with these huge guns and these giant muscles and shit the, the pouches yeah right it's wild looking um and but that's and, and that was going for a lot of money but if you see older issues from maybe i don't know 80s 70s you can see even the ones that are on display that are this really big deal like the first appearance of who kind of showed up in the 80s what's a good example oh gambit probably okay so you have the first edition of gambit and they're they will have writing on them like a kid drew on them, and they're oh. still going for money. No, no, no. Then you're thinking like where earlier. You're thinking like '60s, probably like Daredevil five to ten, kind okay. of stuff like that. So there you go, and you still have, and they have, like it's like like you said, like a kid wrote, like drew on this. Mm-hmm. Someone has a he drew a mustache on someone, and it's still worth money. Yeah, because uh, like you said, it's a rare issue. If if Action Comics number one was missing its cover, which would put it at the value grade of point zero point one on a scale of nine point of you know zero to nine point eight. It would still be worth half a million dollars. That's wild. And we say zero to nine point eight. That's the there's a there's, there's a, a comics are rated in a certain fashion, right? There is, I think, a group who has established a, an official comic rating code, which ranges from zero point one to nine point eight. Nine point eight being like fresh off the printing press, put into a slab. That's it. Right. You can't touch it again, or else it drops right down to like a nine point two. Okay. Uh, and so and so. Roping it back in, mm-hmm. your 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 dad. Your dad was into comics. My dad was in comics. And, you became, and why? What 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 did you appreciate about that so much? Uh, just the art, because I was also an artist. Mm-hmm. I still am an artist. You don't like ever stop being an artist, but the, it's definitely like the art and heroes, the struggle, the, just reading a story that wasn't so condensed into like a, a novel, which I was doing a lot of book reading too. My father would always comment about how much I would read. Yeah. And so what sort of, and it, that was your first connection to superheroes, mm. right? And do you think that that is where, what, what is the role that you would say fiction played in your life? Obviously you enjoyed it for these reasons. What was like the deeper connection that you had? Um, just a, like on a right or wrong scale or like an no, emotional a, scale? Yeah, cause whatever it, it is. Because there's like, could be multiple different factors. It's just. Why did you connect to it so much is what I'm asking. It's just so easily accessible, right? Because you could just. Take the bus to a comic book store. Is like I don't even know if we're allowed to name names on this podcast, but I could take a bus, bus three, uh, to the comic book store, get ten comics for ten five ten dollars, go home read it, start a collection. Like I, my first comics I started collecting were Captain America and Power Girl because I loved Amanda Connor's oh, yeah, artwork. You like Power Girl. I love. Don't you there? Yeah. Don't even start with me. It's Amanda Connor's artwork because she did. Um, a Power Girl's origin story that I read at the library. I was like, man, Amanda's Connor's art is like super like right up my alley of like cartoony blended with solid action. It's almost, you know, just like almost a step below uh, John Mishima. Mm-hmm. And for Captain America, it's just like, I just love Captain America. Yeah. And he's a solid guy. He's a solid guy. And, and, and what was it just the idea of like having story? I know you said the art, but the stories? Stories, yeah. Like what does fiction do for you? I guess that's what I'm asking. It's just like, Let's me have a moment of peace, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm not getting like sugarcoated. Like it's been, kind of, I'm not like from the wrong side of the tracks, but it's not like I had the easiest life growing up. Right. So you get, I get stressed out super easy between school and like you know my parents were separated. So like traveling back and forth on the bus or having my father drop us off or like going to a school in a new county, it's like super stressful. So you just like at the end of the day, this, even now with like Warhammer 40k. 
you just want to sit down and do you know, something and I don't have to think about Warhammer it. Warhammer 40k because I, I I'm trying to translate as much as I can from to this to, is the nerd to, episode yeah right yeah to to, to, to to a casual listener so Warhammer 40k is like a um, miniature like a, tabletop army yeah, game with lots I, of dice the closest thing I could com- like connect it with to like a casual Dungeon and Dragons yeah, meets risk. there you go everyone likes Dungeon and Dragons so there you go and so it's like yeah thank you Stranger Things Right. <laughs> Not Stranger Things. Largely. I think that that's what no, kind of brought no. it back a lot. I don't think it was Stranger Things. I think it's definitely podcasts. I think definitely like pe- kids got into this weird era of like we don't know how to connect with other people again or it's like that well, not even millennial things like just kids were like kind of cut off from their adults so they just got into groups and hung out and then found out about Dungeons and Dragons which has been around since the 80s well and you love Dungeons and Dragons I love Dungeons and Dragons and I came into it on third edition when I, my mom bought me a starter box set and I never played it I remember until you bringing that over I brought it over and I was like when are we going to play Dungeons and Dragons and then four years Oh, six years later, we played Dungeon Dragons. Which kind of goes back, by the way, I guess, to like the... Because I don't really know if we ever answered the question. We've known each other for probably about 12 years now. Probably, yeah. Because I, I was in high school, and I, I didn't start hanging out with you guys probably till after high school when I got a job. And you're so, all how old now? I'm, uh, gosh, I'm 27 now. <laughs> old enough to not remember. Yeah, well, it's not... Like, when, I turned tw- when I turned 18, I was like old enough to buy cigarettes and lottery tickets... It, age means nothing anymore. Right. Right? Like, I still feel like I'm 21. Yeah, sure. Except, you know, I didn't have a license when I was 21. I got my license at age 24. Enjoy that, everybody. <laughs> uh, okay, so... Bye. Now, Dungeons & Dragons. Bring it back. Bring, okay, we're, we're going to navigate we're through this. We're all over the place, yeah. No, it's all right. Dungeons... That's the way of Ivan Zambrano, man, yeah. right? Let's do so. it. Dungeons & Dragons, comic books, all of this seems to... Deep to me, yeah. seems to me to to capitalize on imagination. Yeah, something that's hugely important to you because you'll write your own comics, you'll write your own stories, you'll mm-hmm. write your own backs. You wrote uh, comic book versions, superhero versions of a lot of the people in this oh, house, right? Yeah. Sorry, yeah, the story I, I gave up on because I was like, I'm taking too much liberties with people. Like, even though I'm, I would like to say I know these people very well, I just didn't want to take any liberties with real people. Right. Put you in situations that even though I could think you would react this way, doesn't mean you would. But it's still interesting. I guess my point is that you're, you you brought uh, your imagination and the real world and that, that, that you, you try to bring them together on a level. Yeah. Because you have... And I think that you really do have like a sort of epic sense of what life can be and the, the grander ideas of life. Mm-hmm. And I think that that plays into a lot of these... these uh, stories and these things that you love and i think and i mean and you've got as, as active imagination as anybody i know yeah and on to that active imagination um the subject that you wanted we talked about power rangers is like a a way to draw in yeah so let's use power rangers as a gateway to talk about what you really want to talk about so you you talked about already how saban brought over power rangers and called them mighty morphin power rangers and it became a big deal uh, you no, you love power rangers still you're 27 years old now i, I love, love power rangers, rangers when i was Five. Yeah. You love Power Rangers. Again, because going and tra- talking about ideas and, and concepts going yeah, a long way, what is your reason for that? It's it's a superhero show that's untouched by adult power fantasies almost, or adult cynicism. Because it's still like goofy and campy and dumb. Like the entire, like I love the Batman 66 movie. In fact, that will always be my favorite Batman movie. I'm sorry. 
But it's always giving my favorite Batman movie just because it's so funny and enjoyable. That's also what I want to come into with Kamen Rider J and like the movies I enjoy. Like the Transformers 1986 movie. The best Transformers movie that probably ever exists. Yeah, well I also agree with that one. It, tra- and Transformers is a very interesting note because we talked about this a little bit earlier and I think that this actually works a lot for um, this concept that we're talking of uh, about where it's like the, the kind of the brass tacks of what this thing was meant for you can take and your imagination just runs with it for you. Mm-hmm. And I think that Transformers is a really interesting um, you know, piece of that puzzle because that's something we share. We love, I love Transformers. Oh, I love Transformers. You, we love Transformers, right? I love Orion Pax. Mm. Optimus mm. Prime's, you know, original name. And I like the idea. Before and this is what's interesting it, yeah. because we had Optimus Prime and really that was two separate action toy lines, two separate changing them from cars to robot toy lines. The, uh, who is it, Hasbro? Is that who owns them? Yeah, Hasbro owns them. So Hasbro took them and said, we're going to put them into... Oh, you're talking about freaking... Gosh, you're talking about... The uh, the Japanese toy line. That's what I'm saying. So these two different Japanese toy lines were taken by Hasbro and said they brought them to America and said, well, we need something to try to push this along. So we we're gonna use comic books. We're gonna use stories. We're gonna the so there's uh, there's yeah. the Autobots and there's the Decepticons, and they took this concept. And it's interesting because I still love Transformers, and I still feel like I'm chasing this like perfect Transformers story or yeah. plot. Because I love the character of Optimus Prime, you know, freedom is the right of all sentient beings. I love this, like, um, moral, uh, good, kind-hearted leader mm-hmm. who just wants to peace and to protect. Yeah. And he's fighting against this evil force that just wants to control and conquer mm-hmm. and uh, everything. And from that simple concept, and of course I liked it when I was young because it was like a robot puzzle that you got to, you know, it was two separate toys in one, right? Um, but... I liked the idea of what the characters stood for, and there's still not been like this solid, like you said, that Transformers 1986 movie. Film. It's the closest you're probably gonna get. Yeah, and that's fantastic. But in the art's great, and it's a it's a really interesting the story. The comics are very the comics hit very good tone. And but... there's some comics that yeah, and again, but it, it's very tricky, and this happens a lot in comics in general. But with the Transformers, there's a it like if you take Marvel, right? What are you gonna take Captain America over? What? How long's he been around? Oh, 1941, right? At yeah. The beginning so, of the Bonds. Yeah. So you, you're going to take a character who's been around from 1941 and you're going to try to make a, a, a cohesive story out of him. Yeah. And great, you know, yeah, gratefully, you. the MCU's done a really good job with that. They yeah, said, thank here's. You Rocker for that one. Right. Here's an excellent. Here, here's a trilogy of films that are, I mean, I would say probably of this whole first Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like, their first. Uh, I don't want to say phase one because obviously there was a real phase one, mm-hmm. but there's of this these you know twenty something films that they've made. I think that that's probably the best like trilogy of all of them. It's a really interesting story, and I can just watch those if I want that. What's hard with Transformers is I have to kind of there's nothing that I can go to and just read. Yeah, the cherry pick Transformers. Exactly. Yeah, the cherry pick your comics because you, you can't read all 60 years of Captain America because there's an issue where he wears a super suit. There's an issue, there's 10 issues where he's a werewolf. There's an issue, there's five issues where he's nomad, you know, and there's six issues where like a really bad version of Captain America takes over the title. Right, and so that was one of the things that was always frustrating with new Transformers is that, granted, like you said, these two conflict lines that came out recently, um, Robots in Disguise and More That Meets the Eye. Well, not recently, yeah. They're very good. Yeah, recently within the last like five years, right? Mm -hmm. But, it's difficult to bring in 
this vast concept, but you like that. You appreciate and enjoy this like big conceptual idea. Yeah. And specifically as it pertains to tra- to, to Power Rangers. This is Power Rangers. This is very much the simplest form of good versus evil. Because even everyone knows Rita Repulsa. Right. Vendor. Yeah. Okay. Her Japanese name, Vendora the Witch, or whatever. Her mm-hmm. son was killed by you know her son was killed by dinosaurs, so she swore revenge. Versus Rita Repulsa is just greedy. Right. So it's the simplest form of this higher power of like good is unable to like physically step in. So he brings in, you know, warriors from this plane to fight that evil. Who are high schoolers. Who are teenagers with attitude. Right. Yeah. Which. Very good attitudes. It's like the important And so again, so where someone watches Power Rangers now, if a 20-something-year-old watches Power Rangers now, they go, it's a kid's show, kind of. It's always been a kid's show. But, yeah. what you, but you like that factor. They, they go, oh, there's no character development. But you go, that's fine, because it's about these bigger concepts. It's about, it's about these greater you know. ideas. What would you say? It's about what? Lessons, too. Because yeah. you remember, like, He-Man did that stuff, too. He's like, <laughs> what we learned today is bullying's not good. And that would be... Same thing with GHO. Learning's half the battle. Learning's half the battle. And that's the... Power Rangers still kind of doing that. It still combines fun action adventure with the subtleness of, like, good morals. Right. Versus, like, Identity Crisis, which is a my one of my favorite DC graphic novels, and I'll get burned for this. Even though it's one of my favorites, I could never recommend that book again. You know, because mm-hmm. of some stuff that happens in it. Right. A woman gets fridged. Right. Obviously. Yeah, so there's... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I'm so I'm so because I recommended this book to Seth. It says it's one of my best, uh, one of my favorite DC graphic novels because you, you said it was your favorite. It is my favorite. <laughs> yeah, but it takes a, these group of C listers, gives them their view from the outward, like how they view Superman and how they view Batman, and that's a very cool story point of that. So hold Batman. on, so you suggest this to to Seth, and you read it. Yeah, and you were not a fan. Oh no, I liked it a lot. But you just didn't appreciate that aspect of it. It. Was, he's like, why didn't you warn me? <laughs> yeah, do you know what happens in it? You don't know what he's talking about. I have not read Identity, Identity Crisis, now. I feel like you should be warned. I feel like everyone in the world should be warned about Identity Crisis. Okay, let's, well, this is a warning for Identity Crisis. I, I don't want to go into Identity Crisis too much, but this is your warning. You don't need to read that book. Well, you can read it. You can read it, but... It's, because it's, it's a good, good story other than yeah. the fact that they the you, one, yeah it's a the whole fridging yeah. which for those by the way just because that's kind of a comic term right yes it became a comic term and it, it's kind of I think stretched out but that's a reference to Kyle Raynor what happened, uh, the Green Lantern what happened to yeah after uh, Hal Jordan went crazy with power Kyle Raynor took up the mantle and at some point Kyle Raynor uh, girlfriend suffered a fridging yeah they, they well they murdered her and, yeah, and stuffed her that, in a fridge, right? That's where the term came from. Yeah. And that's where the term came from. And so the idea is that it's when a work of fiction uh, murders, a, mur- murders a female character to advance the story of a male character. Yeah. And it's obviously widely become a... I think that at this point, it's like that's a, a no-no. Yeah, we shouldn't do that anymore. Right. Well, and we shouldn't have done it. But at this point, I think that people know, don't do that. Right? Oh, yeah, Killing Joke did it too. Yeah, that was a really. Although they they that one in the Killing Joke, I feel like they really that really it, the people who it, after it, that things this like life does happen. And in defense of the Killing Joke, I think that the writers who took up the mantle of Barbara Gordon after that terrible incident ha- have actually turned it around. Yeah. Made her an incredibly strong like Barbara Gordon is one of my very favorite characters from uh, the DC universe. Um, so okay, all of that aside. 
where were we before that? Power Rangers, concepts, right. ideas. And so, it, it, okay, and it, but Power Rangers was really, that was our, like, oh, you can easier lead-in, right, to what you really wanted to talk about, which was... Kamen Rider J. But to a side note, if you want to blame someone for my obsession for Super Sentai, Kamen Rider, and Power Rangers, you can blame our friend Xavier, who is also a nerd. He's, um... I don't know, I don't, shouldn't speak for Xavier, but we've known Xavier for a very long time, and he comes around once in a while, we we miss you, Xavier. He would hang out at the house with us, and he would watch Power Rangers, and I'm like, oh man, this is still going on, it's pretty cool, because I still love Power Rangers, but I only have the context of like what I've watched. Like when you were younger. Mm-hmm. But I was still like, oh, I see a new Power Ranger here, and it's just like a super suit, and it's really cool looking, like the designs in Power Rangers are always like top notch, Right. but it's also meant to sell toys. It's Japanese G.I. Joe. Now American G.I. Joe. Redundant enough. But then I found out about the Super Mega Anniversary Battle, and then there's like this whole untouched world. And that's when I got to Zude and Sentai Q Ranger, and that's kind of where it started. That's where Kamen Rider started as well? No. Kamen Rider started in 1971. But where I found out about Japanese superheroes was Q and Sentai Zoo Ranger, which I love to death, even though it has. It's just so funny because it's definitely built for like elementary school children because there's like a dance at the end that the like toddlers can do it's right funny so when you when you in, in the in common rider that was the one you really want to talk about you want to specifically talk about the movie because we were talking about films you said common rider j which as you mentioned is on youtube in its entirety its entirety six parts on youtube common rider j watch it it's like a vhs and it is a it's 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 what you would assume it would be if you listen based on your context clues um, for it, this episode. Comrader J came out after, I think, Comrader Black Rx and was part of a three-movie set with Comrader Shin and Comrader Zoe. And they were all just, like, movies. They, they weren't... They were probably the only Comradeers that were just solo movies. They didn't get their own show. And I found out about Comrader J because he's pretty much in line with how Hank Pym works. Because he turns big. Oh, yeah, he can... He can, he can grow. Can and he, he shrink as well? No, he can't shrink, which is... Oh, oh, you can only have so many wishes come true at once. Sure. I found out Comrade J on YouTube because I was just trying to find anything I could watch legally, which now I'm struggling because I can't watch anything legally. Like, I was trying to, I got to episode 19 of Deno and, like, everything came under attack. Deno is. Common Rider Deno is. You don't need to go into depth. It's, an, it's another sub faction. Common Rider Deno is part of the. Common Rider. The High Sea Arrow, which is, like, the 13th of the High Sea Era and the, probably the 27th Rider overall from 1970, you know, since 1971. He, a time traveling train. Deno. A time-traveling train, okay. Deno. And while trying to watch Kamen Rider Deno, I couldn't find anything. And so now I'm struggling with trying to just watch Kamen Rider, because the only ones I watched fully were Kamen Rider Gaim and Kamen Rider Black, which is why I did the, you know, comparisons to Thanos, Darth Vader, in that one aspect of how Shadow Moon is. So you tell me this guy is a, is a train that time travels? Kamen Rider Deno um, gets a Full ticket... Comrade Deno gets a ticket to time travel on a train. The train time so, travels. As you do. Okay, so he tra- he rides on a train that time travels. Mm, and he goes like to stop. he was a train that time travels. <laughs> it, would okay. be, it'd be, it wouldn't be out Immensely more time. cool. Yeah, because yeah. Decade turns Kuga into a like, bike at one okay, point. Okay, so... Thomas. Thomas. We, I don't want, I don't want it. Thomas, you know. Okay, okay Comrade J. Watch that. I watch Comrade J on my birthday every year, and Sean forgets that he watches it with me. Oh, I remember now. The last yeah, I remember one, now. The, the first one. time you did it, you were kind of bored at home. I was like, hey, I found this thing. It's my birthday, and no one else was home. So I was like, let's watch this thing. I was like, okay, cool. 
and we watched it on my birthday. Happy birthday. Mm-hmm. And then my next birthday, we all watched it together, and you're like, oh, hmm. And you're like, you've seen this before, Sean, and you're like, you're the master of my purgatory, and this is, Comrade J is my realm. <laughs> you know, and I'm trapped here. Always forgetting, always remembering. In, in, okay, in, in what do you love so much about Common Rider J? It's, 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 it's among the same uh, reasons that you love Power Rangers, right? It's, yeah. It's, it's similar Sup- to those reasons. Super simple, amazing suit design, great practical effects. So the basis of Common Rider J is this uh, journalist goes into the mountains and finds this girl just like living by herself, and they become kind of friends while he's investigating the pollution. While investigating pollution, these three children of Fog Mother come and try to take the children to be the sacrifice to for her revival. He dies, falls into a cliff. He's revived by a grasshopper and two like tree people. Oh my god! And he becomes. <laughs> I think, come on. <laughs> and he becomes Conrad J. He fights Fog Mother. He wins. Okay. So <laughs> let's talk about like why IMDb. you chose. <laughs> like IMDb. Yeah. I so I it, wish. It, yeah, it, Seth should have watched it. But... Let, let me ask you. So now. Maybe next year. How is this, <laughs> this not year. our April Fool's episode? You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Let me ask you now. Why did you pick Common Rider J? Common Rider J. No, no, no. He, no, talks, no, no, he told for... me what Common Rider J was about. Common Rider J, because I wanted to keep in line with the movie motif. You know, next like next time you guys have me on, we can definitely talk more about comics, how much I love yeah. like Hellboy, his first appearance, stuff like that. Because everyone's gotten into Hellboy, which makes me super happy. But I brought in Comrade J because I want to keep in line with movies. And Comrade J is one of my favorite movies, despite it being not, you know, higher than 4 out of 10, you know. But it's just a feel-good movie, and that's why I wanted to bring back into the concept of good movies versus bad movies, feel-good movies versus movies I was miserable in. Because for you, the infamous example in our little uh, friends group is... No, no, no. The, the, the movie you hate. Lawland? No, the movie you hate. Boyhood. Yeah, you don't like Boyhood the, by Richard Linklater. Disgusting movie. An excellent film project. An excellent you would grant film, it, yes? An art project that could be done by high schoolers, Sean. It's a disgusting movie that made me miserable the entire time I saw it in theaters. I wasted my freaking $10. <laughs> and you, yeah. <laughs> uh, this is this is, this is is a fun little... Uh, uh, point of of i hate boyhood you can go into my <laughs> freaking letterbox and you know <laughs> i can't give it lower than a five and a half five point five out of five stars but, but for you personally it is a it's a very good idea no no, no for you personally it was a one out of ten. Oh, it's like if i could go less it's like a zero out of ten yeah you can't stand it i can't stand that movie and why don't you like it it's just stupid it's just not interesting. There's nothing special about it. Nothing shot well about it. There's just nothing grabbed me about that movie. Like in La La Land, there's plenty of parts where I'm like, oh, that's cool. I'm like, oh, I'm glad they went this route. I'm like, that's interesting. It's like, oh, I don't like that, but like, I can see why they chose it. It's just Boyhood was just like home videos that where it was just kind of, I paid $10 to watch. So, so now, and I'm going to step in here because, it, and you know, we've had this conversation and I don't want to get, I'm going to say it for them. I don't need to say it to you anymore because you know I defend boyhood. I know. Because I, know I appreciate, you don't know, but you do know why because you, you appreciate it for the, the, I mean, this, this is a film with the same cast filmed over 12 years, little by little and it documents. And like, for example, one of my favorite parts of uh, personally, one of the things that really connects with me in the uh, film Boyhood is 
this there's a scene there's a scene where they are at the uh, you know midnight release of a Harry Potter book. Yeah, everyone's dressed up and stuff. And it's fascinating to me because you are watching an actual time capsule of an actual midnight release of an actual Harry Potter book. And to be able to go out at when did this come out? Two years ago, about then, Boy maybe three. Yeah. A while Might be ago. A little, well, it's probably problem. longer ago. Everything feels like it was. I feel like it, I'm in a perpetual state where I feel like it was 2009, like three years ago. So it came out whenever it came out. It came out within the last five, ten years, right? Yeah. So to be able to watch this as an adult, I know I'm like two years. It's like well, it's hard because I walked out during that part. So I hated that movie so much. See, that's, that's so sad. And so and, and, and for Harry me, Potter when part. I watch this film. From is a is a is a full grown adult. Also, I have no nostalgia for Harry Potter. And when I <laughs> and I see this, it's interesting to me to watch. And you even hear what the things they're talking about when they talk about the whatever the president that was you know in office at that point, or when they talk about the financial crisis that they were dealing with. They're talking about real world events, and so you're watching this like time capsule. Now, I say that because I think that Boyhood is a very um, I understand why someone would be bored watching it, but I think that it is a, a fascinating achievement in film, and I love Richard Linklater. Cool. Now, with that said, you hate it. I hate Boyhood. I hate that movie so much. It's just a testament to, like, it feels like you just get away with anything sometimes in film. You just could get away with boring lines. Just to, I will just say, you are calling anything, filming a, filling a single story for 12 years. I'm surprised you even did it that long. <laughs> Okay, so, and you hate it because it's boring, but you love Common Rider because it's, just it's fun. definitely not. It's just fun. Because it's just chaos. Yeah, sometimes. I've been here for a fun time, not a long time. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah, Boyhood yeah, well, was, yeah, boy was a long time that I just couldn't stand. Because in Common Rider J, actually, how long is that? An hour. Yeah, an hour. Common Rider J is an hour. No, in, in, in the realm of, like, film film critics and wannabe film critics and all that, I, th- I definitely think it's something where, you know, uh, it's difficult because, you know, I think that fun movies just really get overlooked a lot. And when I say fun movies, I don't even mean, um, obviously, like comedies. I'm saying, like, movies in general, you know. Like, it, it really, at the end of the day, it's like, does it inspire you or does it, like, uh, invoke a feeling from you that you like? Then that's what you should watch. Yeah. yeah. You know? Are you enjoying it? Yeah. You as, it as long as it's legal, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, You're right. Yeah. First of all. <laughs> but. Um, please, yeah. if you see any suspicious online activity, please report it. Yeah, please report it. Please yeah. report it. Please report it. Yeah, but. Right, and so when it when it comes to the functionality aspect of it, boyhood is never going to be what is going to help you function. No. It's going to do. It's going to. It drains life from you. So just going back to this, is just, I think it is, you hit the nail on the head, whatever we talk about, is it is definitely a concept. I need something to work around. And when something's a solid boyhood or like La La Land and I can't work around it, I can't fill in spaces where I want, it's just, it's harder as a function. And I guess to embrace that, the, 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 the enjoyment that can come from the simplicity yeah. of something that is something a little simple. bit yeah so it's like i mean and there's going to be uh, i saw i actually saw shazam tonight mm-hmm. dc's captain marvel mm-hmm. and uh it'll be an interesting you know there, there's in there 
I understand two different takes because there was kind of two takes as we were talking about when we were leaving. There was one take of being, this isn't exactly what how you know Billy Batson behaves, or this isn't exactly what Captain Marvel is. And for sure, that this film Shazam has its its issues. But I think the the best parts of the film are the parts that you can kind of take just to enjoy. You can just have a good time. It just makes you happy. Yeah, and have fun. It's okay to relax and and not handle everything so seriously well i guess if we're talking about like functionality Mm -hmm. like what makes you passionate and function it's like sometimes maybe it's like manchester by the sea Mm, to help you get over something and sometimes and a lot of the times it's like that's you know that's that's like watch anchorman yeah exactly (laughs) because you need to function because sometimes you're in a glass case of promotion exactly (laughs) you know it's like so uh you know, and then there's stuff that like I mean, I I I I am of two minds of it for sure. Where it gets a little bit obnoxious sometimes when like, you know, the, the some film gets a bunch of credit for something that was original and technicality, but it, but you know, I feel like it it fall, fell flat on its face when it came to like substance yeah. other, outside of that but it's like that gets overlooked because it was so original you know what i mean that's the kind of stuff too it's like you know that is upsetting for sure yeah. but in you know so what floats your boat you know right and, and and i think that it's the idea where so it's like i even think about television mm-hmm. and it's i i love shows like you know bojack horseman Mm-hmm. or Master sure. of None, or some of these, like, really... And they're, they're comedies, right? But there's there's something really deep and, and interesting about them. And But I also really like New Girl. Mm-hmm. I enjoy a, a show that just is there to make you laugh, and it's just fun, and it's and it's nice to kind of have that. And I think that it kind of comes down to this idea where it's it's not... What is the, the quote, you know, easy to be heavy, hard to be light? It plays an important part of our existence, I think. To enjoy ourselves, to have a good time. Well, and it, yeah, I don't know if we'll ever do the movie, but I mean, this isn't. I never thought I'd be bringing this up in *Common Rider J*, but uh, but I know, like *Man on Fire* for me, is a movie that I love. Yeah. It got me through hard times, as weird as that even sounds. But when I was a kid, it's like you know, Denzel, man. But it's <laughs> if Denzel something. can deal with this, then I can deal with my stuff. Oh sure, yeah. But you know, he's just he's he's an inspiring man. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's funny because you know John Allen. I I made John Allen watch it a few months back, and he um, he watched it and was like, that was awful, and I oh. couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't oh, uh... disagree more. How, with them. how dare you? Yeah, because I don't even think he's correct objectively. But I objectively disagree with him, and then I even more so subjectively disagree with him. You know what I mean? Because I'm like, you're going to, like, what you know, this movie has everything in a way. You know what I mean? I just think that it's, uh, you know, it, it, I think it's important to, you know, know what you're about and be about it, you know, and... and there are going to be certain films that speak to you, yes. right? To think we think we think about this. This is another one. Right. And Fire. I, I've actually been thinking about this film a lot. Another one for uh, me is is yeah. Cameron Crowe's Elizabethtown. 
that's one of our friend Matt's like favorite movies. And it, but it's 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 there's which by the way is one frankly that I still I mean I'll still stand by the fact that I think that there's a lot of aspects of that script that are really enjoyable. And I think there's mm-hmm. performances that are really good. Yeah. And um, I think that if if you really truly connect with something in it then i mean who's to say i mean this is those are some of my favorite movies sometimes yeah are the ones that maybe didn't get a fantastic review or they don't have this huge critical consensus but there's something mm-hmm. in there that you identify with yeah and connects with you and whether that something is heavy is some of the films that i mean everything you were talking about seth or is light is power rangers or mass rider or beetleborgs or whatever it is oh, <laughs> it's like if, if, if it connects to something that gives you joy or gives you encouragement or gives you purpose Strength, on some level peace, something mm-hmm. yeah yeah and that that's that's what you it. should gravitate towards yeah. yeah exactly i think that that's going to do it for us this week um please you know follow us if if you uh happen to use you know the apps on itunes or whatever it is i don't know all the places that our podcast is if you are out there on the internets and you see in whatever throughout through whatever channel you watch or or, sorry listen to um our our show you know leave us a review uh we, we 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 really appreciate it and we really appreciate you um until next time See you next time. This is Ivan Zimbrano signing off. Common Writer usually has a bug motif. Good night.